In this episode, I interview Emma from Style and Sustain, and we go deep on fast fashion's impact in the global south, in particular in Ghana. We also talk about how you can be a stylish yet also conscious clothing consumer. So make sure you tune into this episode. There was so much covered, and I know you're going to love it. Welcome to Recloseted Radio. This is the top rated podcast for slow fashion founders. Whether you're thinking about launching a slow fashion brand, scaling an existing clothing brand, or making a brand more environmentally friendly, we have you covered. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted. Each week, I'm sharing my proven strategies or interviewing industry experts. Without any further ado, let's get started. And if you're listening to this episode because you're just starting your sustainable fashion journey, well, welcome. We are very excited to have you join, and I am really looking forward to having you on our slow fashion movement. I know, though, starting your sustainable fashion journey can be very overwhelming, and we talk about that in this episode. So I wanted to let you know that we have an amazing resource just for you. Our recloseted handbook is a couple hundred pages long. It's a great handbook and a great resource because I detail the A to Z on how to go from being a fast fashion consumer to now becoming a conscious yet stylish sustainable fashion person. And so make sure you check out the handbook. It's written from my personal experiences. And in the handbook, you will learn how to create a wardrobe that matches your lifestyle and your style as well, because we want to make sure you have clothes for work and for weekends and any occasion that you may have. And then we also really show you how to organize your wardrobe so that you know exactly what's in it and you're never in a situation where you have quote unquote nothing to wear. We also really show you how to ethically and responsibly discard any clothing you no longer wear because we talk about this towards the end of this episode with Ama, but so much of our shit just goes to the global south and they're left to deal with it and that's just unacceptable. So we talk about how you can ethically and responsibly take care of your clothing that you no longer wear. And then if you need to buy new garments, we talk about how you can do that responsibly as well. So we have tips on thrifting, tips on clothing swaps, and we also have a list of sustainable brands that you can shop. So you can check out the handbook at www.recloseted.com handbook, and it will also be linked in the show notes for you. With that being said, I'm really excited to introduce this podcast episode's guest, which is Ama, and she is a podcaster, a writer, and a blogger. She's very passionate about sustainable and ethical fashion, as you'll see in this episode. She runs Style and Sustain, a guilt-free, mindful fashion space for all fashion lovers to be inspired, find sustainable fashion tips, and listen to conversations. I was actually on her podcast as well, and so we will link my podcast episode down below so you can take a listen but this conversation literally lasted about an hour and we could talk for hours and hours on end so there was so much goodness in here so I know you're gonna get a lot out of it so without any further ado let's dive in well welcome to recloseted radio I am so excited to have you I think that you know our podcast swap was so fun when I was on your podcast so I'm really looking forward to this conversation as well yeah same I love a podcast exchange (laughs) 
it's kind of fun like that we already had like a conversation and now we get to talk as well for your podcast so yeah looking forward to, to chatting yeah love it and so to kick things off I always start with the same question but can you introduce yourself and give us a quick overview of your career Yes, of course. So my name is Amma. I am Ghanaian and French and I'm based in London. To describe myself generally, yeah, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I am yeah, a daughter, a sister, a friend. I like to think that I'm creative and as open-minded as I can be <laughs> walking through life. In terms of work, I am a digital marketing expert. I've been a digital marketing expert for the past, I would say, 10 years maybe. And for the past five years, I've worked mostly in fashion. My most recent job was in sustainable fashion with Lucien Yak. And I I recently just transitioned into more of like a marketing agency because I was curious about different industries, just trying trying something different. And then I'm also the founder of Style and Sustain, which is how we met, which is a space that's really dedicated to sustainable and ethical fashion and is a place where I try to inspire anyone and everyone to rethink and reconsider the relationship with clothes in a way that will lean them towards sustainable and ethical practices. So yeah. Amazing. And there's a lot to dive in there, but I want to start with just defining what sustainability means to you because it can have so many different meanings. And so just to kickstart our, you know, our conversation, what does that word mean to you? Yeah, as you said, it's such a buzzword, right? <laughs> now is what we hear all the time. But I think for me, sustainability is kind of a smaller part of a bigger picture. And I think that bigger picture is climate justice, right? So when we talk about sustainability, I feel like it's a big, big puzzle. And when I think of the big puzzle, I'm like, okay, we're going towards a picture that looks like climate justice. And that what that means, I guess, for all of us is looking into like living on a planet that, you know, where we're not depleting its resources, first of all, <laughs> and where we're trying to conserve like the natural ecological balances just so that we can continue thriving on it. And also that animals and all the other beings on this planet can continue to thrive on it. So yeah, for me, it always goes into that bigger picture. And then on a personal level, I would say, at least now at the moment, because it changes, <laughs> I feel like I'm very different from when I started my journey versus now. So right now, I would say it's been really much, uh, very much about um, reconnecting to my roots. So being a Ghanaian woman and slowly understanding, and I think I've always known that, you know, my culture is, is based on sustainable practices, right? Whether it's, you know, our our, our spiritual practices or just like our community practices that are very much um, connected to the earth or at least we're very much connected to the earth I'm a city uh, Ghana girl so <laughs> I'm learning about all of this but also even when it comes to fashion you know our traditional craftsmanship for example the kinte cloth which has been in our culture for for millennials and you know understanding what that means and understanding that clothes in my culture are not just something things that are disposable but we actually preserve them um, to the point that cloths are passed on from generation to generation as a symbol of wealth and legacy so it has such a deep meaning and I think going back to that that really like allows me to unravel what sustainability means but you know that aside I think also obviously building a lifestyle that you know puts the planet first you know like becoming more than a consumer becoming an active citizen has been a lot of my journey so I kind of hate the word consumer sometimes because I feel like it defines us as people who just intake and never give back that's what it is to consumer you just keep swallowing and taking in but you never actually think of the consequence or like even giving back when you receive something so I, I like to use the word active citizen and that's what I try to be and, and and what I mean by that is just being conscious of my of my choices and it's also being compassionate because it's about having empathy based on you know understanding that your choice has a domino effect and has an impact on someone who 
maybe lives on the other side of the planet. <laughs> so yeah, it was that was long-winded, but it's it's in stages. And I think for everyone, it, it's like that. But I think the bigger picture is important too uh, when we think about climate justice. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. There's so much there, but I think this is a good segue into diving deeper into your sustainability journey. So can you share what started this journey for you and maybe even tell us a little bit more about your culture from Ghana, because I would love to learn more and I'm sure the listeners would as well. Yeah, for sure. So I've always, always loved fashion from a very young age. I could remember that. And I grew up in a household where my aunt was a seamstress. So I I remember being little and sitting behind her sewing machine and like in a cry was like the very old school ones where you're like literally spinning it. Uh, they have like modern ones now, but back back in the 80s, <laughs> in 89 or like early 90s, it was like the spinning one. And I would sit behind it and like the needles would scare me, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of fun. Unfortunately, like I moved from Ghana when I was quite young, when I was about eight. So I never actually got the chance to, to be like, okay, I want to learn this with you, for example. But I think that did instill something in me and then yes from from when I was like 14 15 I was like I think I want to do fashion and I would like sketch clothes and I was you know as any 15 year old just obsessed with one day being able to walk into a store and buy everything (laughs) and that you know I blame today I blame that on like all the movies we saw where like the girl would be transformed and she would go like on a shopping spree and oh my gosh the makeup machine was always the best and I would just daydream of like having like a credit card that was endless and just and just shop and eventually my first job was in a a retail shop so I kind of was like this is the start of my dreams coming true (laughs) so I uh yeah I was working in like a little store in the mall that wasn't too far from from where I lived and I think that's when kind of my my fast fashion addiction started and I didn't even realize it but you know obviously I would get a discount when I was in the store so like I was like okay I can get all this stuff that I, I've always wanted to get and I remember distinctively I used to come to London a lot with my family because I have family base here as well and we're in, in Switzerland at that time and I remember going to Primark for the first time and I was just like it's so cheap And that is what got me. It was like, I'm, you know, 15, 16. I can't afford like really nice clothes, but this store is amazing. It's cheap and I can kind of have things that are on trend. And I had no thought about like the quality of it or anything else. So that was like also another defining moment where I really got into like my fast fashion addiction. And then, yeah, I eventually continued in retail and everyone kind of knew me as like, oh, you know, Alma loves fashion and she buys a a lot of clothes. And one random day in 2016 honestly so random I was just on Netflix and um, I saw the true cost documentary and I was like oh it's about fashion could be interesting I had no idea it was going to completely flip I literally flipped my life around so I watched it and like the impact was huge because I I recognized in myself the passion I had for clothes. I was like, I love this world so much. But then I was like, how can I love something that has such a destructive impact on not just the planet, but people as well? And that just didn't seem to mesh. I was like, it doesn't make sense. I can't be passionate about this. and, And know what's happening. And I just remember the girl that was in the movie who was like, you know, like definitely a bit older than me but not that much and she was working in like a sweatshop and she was trying to provide for her child that she barely saw and I was just like oh my gosh and it it really got into my system and I remember after that it was such a shock that I I actually kind of I cold turkey stopped shopping which is really weird (laughs) but I remember just like even walking past like 
the stores that I used to go to, I was, I would look at these pretty images and just be like, it's all a lie. It was really this emotional reaction for me. And I think it's because I had so much emotion for clothes already. So like, it just kind of like turned around in that sense. And yeah, so I didn't, I didn't shop, I think for three months. And then when I kind of wanted to get back to it, I was doing a lot of research and actually landed on fashion revolution. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. It just reminds you how, of why this work is so important because the founders just started something like little thinking like, oh, we want to change the fashion industry. Let's do fashion revolution. And I'm like a little girl growing up in, like in France. And I discovered this and it kind of made me feel less alone. I was like, okay, there's a path to this. There's a way to understand what it means to enjoy fashion in a, in a responsible way. And then, yeah, randomly on the bus one day with my boyfriend, I was like, I want to start a blog. And I always loved blogging, but I was, I, I didn't want to add to the noise. I was like, there's so many bloggers out there. Like, what am I going to talk about? And then when I discovered that there was another side to fashion, I was like, I want to talk about that. So that was kind of the inception of, of Style and Sustain. And it was also a space that I think I created it because I wanted to hold myself accountable. I was like, if I'm sharing my journey, I can't slip back into fast fashion. Honestly, like there were there were moments in the beginning where I was like, maybe I don't have a choice. I do have to buy like this top from H&M or something. But essentially when I, I stopped for three months and I got back into it, I discovered like charity shopping and vintage. And I was like, okay, this is affordable. Because when I looked at sustainable brands, I'm like, I can't afford this yet. I'm like early, you know, like mid-20s, like this is not going to work out. But then there was another option, which was kind of pre-love and that really helped me and then the blog was also another space where I was holding myself accountable but also bringing other people along in my journey yeah that's amazing and it's really funny because the true cost also flipped my world upside down I have a very similar story to you it was like the coupling of the documentary and also me getting a skin rash to me like finally realizing what is going on um and so yeah I think that documentary is amazing I don't believe it's on Netflix anymore but folks can google it and try to search it up and watch it because yeah it's it's so powerful yeah it's a good one to kind of start the journey and start to understand like what really happens behind closed doors when it comes to fashion um it's easy it's digestible the stories are human and I think that's where what makes it so impactful is that human story so yeah recommended totally and so you started style and sustain to keep yourself accountable share your journey but also keep others accountable as well and so can you tell us a little bit more about what style and sustain has grown into today so yes initially it was like you said to hold myself accountable I don't think it was to hold anyone else accountable I think I just wanted a space to tell my story and I also you know I wanted to continue enjoying fashion because I hated the idea that because I discovered all of this, I just couldn't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> I was like, there has to be a way. Like, this, this is not, it's not possible. I love fashion too much. So it was also that. It was like, I'm a fashion lover. A lot of people are fashion lovers. Like, why don't we go on this journey together and, and figure out how to love fashion in a really mindful way? And that was like the first thing that that came to mind. So yeah, it's it's been a very personal journey, but I've realized it's a journey that's had a great impact, not just on people online, but even like with my immediate family. And, you know, right now it's a, it's very much a blog format where I share, you know, tips, stories, like where, where I, I find my clothes in a mindful way, you know, what brands to look out for, who to connect with. And it eventually grew into like me being able to get on panels, talking about my experience, me being able to write articles or be interviewed. Recently, I worked with the Natural History Museum to help the 
them around conversation and narratives for their Broken Planet exhibition where they had like a fast fashion section. So I never thought it would get me like to, to these spaces, but it really has. And in the past five years, I've just learned so much. I've like learned and re- unlearned and relearned so, so much. And also what it's done um, is that it's become larger than fashion. So it started with fashion, but eventually I realized, oh, this is bigger than that. Fashion is a part of it and we need solutions for fashion, but it's, it started making making me think of okay what other aspects of my life do I need to investigate when it comes to living better for the planet and people and I think that's been amazing and then just seeing the impact on my friends because no one really believed I could stop shopping or like that I would become (laughs) I would be you know mindful with my clothes but I think the fact that I could do it I think opened the door for like family and friends to be like, oh, okay, if Amma can do this, then maybe I can too. And it, you know, even like the brands page I have on the website, it came from friends asking me like, okay, but where do you go now? Like, what do you do now? And that's when I, it, it kind of shaped style and sustain having those real life conversations. And I think, yeah, when I think of activism, I used to be intimidated because I thought I had to be like on the streets and maybe angrier. <laughs> and yes, you know, like what, what happens in fast fashion does make me angry, but I tried to, with style and sustain, I wanted to be a guilt-free space where I'm pointing people to those who are doing it right versus spending too much time on those who are not doing it right um if that makes sense so i also it's it's also a really positive space and it's fun space because fashion can still be fun even when it's done mindfully so those are some of the elements that kind of built on it and made it what it is today i have future projects for it i have future plans for it i think it's, it's going to move away from just a blog around my story to incorporating other people's stories as well so working on, on those bits and, and hopefully i can share soon with the world <laughs> that's so exciting and i think it's amazing because it seems like it very organically happened like you started by keeping yourself accountable and then you almost became this role model to people that you were close to and then now your community so that's so amazing and you should be so proud yeah, it was. It was yeah, it, it's it's very surprising. I I, I did really didn't expect it or plan it, but I guess the best things are kind of like that. So and so, I want to dive deeper into tips you may have because I know that when I first started my journey, and likely when you first started, you probably felt very overwhelmed and you felt like you had to do it perfect. And I always kind of say that there's no such thing as being perfect. You just try your best. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna stay being a fast fashion consumer. So, what are your tips to someone that is listening and they're like, okay. I need to clean up my act and I need to become more sustainable. I think be easy with yourself. Like you said, you know, it's, it's really, really difficult. Like I just realized that, you know, throughout the journey, I realized that, you know, making people feel guilty doesn't work, you know, telling people what they need to do doesn't work, you know, like having a set of rules doesn't necessarily work, because that's just not how we function as human beings, like things have to kind of happen naturally. So for me, when it comes to conversations with people, it's about shifting their mindset. It's more about like, this is a different perspective that I'm offering, you take that away and make of it what you want in a, in a sense and those are the kind of conversations I want to have and I do have when it comes to sustainability and I think you know when it comes to real actual tips um in terms of fashion I think starting with yourself as in starting with your closet I know that's a very cliche one but it's actually one of the most important uh, tips you could hear because I know that from experience like when I stopped shopping for three months all I had was my closet right like I was like well now I have to wear these clothes that you know have been here for a really long time and I feel like even though I wore 
I wore some of them. I neglected a lot of them. So it was going through my closet again, realizing there were things that I hadn't, I had never worn because I bought them quickly and it was cheap and they were like sat in the, in the back of my closet. And then being forced to like create new combinations and actually upping my creativity when it comes to fashion like that all happened without me having to spend money or you know do do anything crazy it's like this is my starting point this is where I'm at so I would say that is the first thing it's like discover your closet rediscover your closet there's 100% things in there that you haven't really looked at properly that you could do something new with because yeah it's just the case for all of us isn't it especially if you're new and you've been buying fast fashion there's definitely definitely lots of stuff in your closet and then my second tip that I usually tell people is to to share to to borrow and to lend and to share because I don't know at which point in history we suddenly were like you know every Everything has to be just mine and I can't I can't share anything with anyone like this doesn't make sense and yeah I think I think also culturally that comes back for me where you know I I feel like in the home I grew up in like with whether it was with my 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 siblings or my my cousins like we were sharing and I think it's the same with clothes it's like if there's something you don't have in a closet call up your friend I think girls already do that a little bit more but yeah talk to a friend raid your cousin's closet like just ask the people around you for what you need because most likely they'll they'll have it as well and then I always say this is actually my process when it comes to shopping that I'm sharing but then yeah, if I can't find it with people around me or lend or, or borrow it, sorry, I will go into like secondhand pre-loved charity. So I love going to swaps, you know, like instead of going on a shopping spree, I go to swaps where one, it's free. <laughs> um, you don't have to pay anything. And it's also really, really great entry point for people who are new to sustainability and, and, and mindful mindful fashion because I just tell them like hey come to this event with me bring a few clothes that are really nice but you're not wearing and you're probably going to get some new ones you know like it's an exchange and a lot of times at least in London these events will also have like a panel or some sort of educational piece around sustainability so bringing friends into the, that space actually allows them to have fun one by walking away with like nice new clothes um, or like nice pre-loved clothes uh, but also like engage in conversations with people who are chill and like not like these are the rules and you have to do it right. So yeah, I, I would say that's another step. And then it comes to brand and that is where where I go. Once I've kind of done all these steps, you can't find everything in your closet. You can't find everything from other people or sometimes secondhand or vintage. So um, going to brands that are responsible and mindful and that are, yeah, just doing fashion the right way with, with people and the planet at the forefront. And I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, you would know you work with all these brands, like they're incredible. They're putting their heart in it and they're small, but they they deserve our money more than any any fast fashion brand out there yeah so that's that's definitely a go-to as well for me yeah thanks for sharing those are some great tips and I always say going to thrift shops or going to clothing shops it's so fun because you get to find things that no one else has and you know that no one's going to show up in the same outfit as you or whatever yeah. And it's just doing better for the environment as well. So love that. And so I know on your blog too, you always talk about how you can be a stylish yet also conscious clothing consumer. And I love that. And I'm all about that as well. So do you have any style tips you want to share for people that want to be more consciously minded, but feel like being sustainable equals looking like you're wearing a sack or something? You know, there's this, there's this connotation. 
I agree. I was the same. I think when I started my journey and I looked at sustainable brands, I was sometimes like, oof, it's it's not the color tones I would usually go for. It's not usually the styles I would go for. And um, it took time to, to then, you know, kind of discover the right brands. But I would say break the rules. I think there are a lot of rules in, in sustainable fashion. And for example, one thing I don't follow, it's a whole capsule wardrobe thing. It's just not me. It's not my vibe. I I can't really stick to kind of the same look or like recycling the same look, but dif- differently. It just doesn't work for me. And I hear so many people talk about it when it comes to sustainability. And it's the one thing that I haven't I haven't perfected or I haven't even tried to, to get into, but that doesn't mean I'm not doing it right. So I mentioned swapping earlier. And I think also on my page, a lot of people are like, oh, you do change clothes a lot like how does that work if you're being sustainable but I just have a rule where like if I go to a swap for example and I take three items I'm only bring one item bringing one item back home so like it's a way for me to to make sure that I'm not you know like overwhelming my closet with things that I don't need so when I go to that swap it's not because it's free and it's sustainable that I'm just gonna grab everything you know because at the end of the day it's it's not about stopping you know fast fashion and then going to sustainable fashion and still over consuming and you know, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense because at the end of the day, it will be the same thing. If you're if you're just like coming into sustainable fashion, you're like, well, now I'm gonna buy better, but I'm still gonna buy the same amount I used to buy. <laughs> like it doesn't, it's still a problem. So um for me, it's it's been about like versus instead of doing like the capsule wardrobe, I yeah, I have a rule of like, you know, what comes out of my closet, how much I put back in, and then a lot of exchanges, a lot of swaps, you know, like I can, I can wear an item for a little while and then be like, okay, I'm going to go swap it and find something fresh and new. So I guess, you know, that's the part of me that's still like unlearning the addiction, you know, and this is why I tell people like, it's always for me, I think it's always going to be there because I do have this love for clothes where I feel like I do still have the, the feeling of I need to look different or like, I want to go to events and maybe look different. That's something I've had to really work on and I'm still working on, but at least I have this middle ground where, you know, like whether it's swapping or going into charity shopping or whatever it is, I still approach it with like the mindfulness of I need this because of this and I'm not going to be excessive because this is what I have in my closet already kind of thing. And then with time, your creativity just develops. Like that's what I realized. Like I, I'm so much more creative now when it comes to fashion versus when I was buying fast fashion. Because fast fashion basically just leads you into trends. They're like, this is new, go buy it. Whereas when you are not shopping fast fashion and you're going into a charity shop, you're having to like develop an eye for the right thing that would suit you, whether it's the shape, whether it's the color. You're like, you're training yourself to like understand yourself, understand your style. And I think that's the big, for me, it's the biggest reward that has been like the funnest for me is understanding my style and actually like developing it and yeah getting super 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 creative with it has been so so fun so yeah break the rules a little bit find what works for you you know with the mindset of not going to excess because that's always that's always the issue right is the, is the, the excess issue and picking the brands that are doing things right really that's that's where I'm at <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And to your point too, it just forces you to be more creative and just to be a little bit more mindful. And then you really appreciate the clothes you have too, because when you're just buying things all the time, you don't appreciate it. Exactly. You forget the things you buy. Like honestly, but I can sit here today and I, I, I know that I know most of the clothes in my closet, 
like I, I feel like when I'm in the shower thinking about what to wear, like I have a really good visual in my mind of like, this is what I have. These are the combinations I've tried before. And like this, this is what I can do with it, which is also really, really fun um, to get to. So yeah, I completely agree with you that creativity just explodes. Yeah, totally. And I really liked your earlier point about the word consumer and switching that and thinking about being an active citizen, you said, right? Yeah. So I love that as well, because part of that, of course, in my mind, just means being more mindful, working with what you have, knowing what you have as well, and just being more appreciative. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, it's, it's really just thinking when you're acting, you know, and I think, I think, you know, we, we do live comfortable lives where, you know, we do live in a world where things are kind of fed to us and we're just kind of told things and we've all gotten into the habit of just just taken whatever we're we're given right even in the social media space you know we have algorithms that literally feed us what they want to feed us like based on like this minimal insight that they have about us you know so you know getting into that active citizen mindset is just switching yourself on and and realizing that you do have power you do have agency over yourself and you definitely have agency over your choices and I know that because I worked in fashion for so long and I think Sometimes when when we talk about this, people feel like, well, what is, you know, what is this really going to change? And I've been through that where I'm like, this is not really making a difference. Great. I've shopped sustainably and I'm mindful. But then in the bigger picture, when you think about climate justice, you're like, really, is this is this even doing anything? And I've come to the point where I, one, I realize that that's normal. Like I don't have to be so hard on myself. And I've also realized, and what I tell people is like, we can't all do everything but we are all passionate about something. So pick that thing and try to do it in the most ethical and sustainable way. Because we're like, that's how the puzzle is going to come together. Like I'm really bad when it comes to like, I'm better with like food, but I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian. Like, because it's just, it's, I've tried and it hasn't worked for me. Yes. I've enormously reduced my meat consumption because I've become aware of the impact but I'm not the one who's going to go out there and advocate for like eating less meat and like animal rights but I completely appreciate the people who do do that and I will support them 100% and I will try my best on my on my end yeah I think that's that's the whole active citizen thing it's like understanding yourself and understanding how you can be an activist in your own right based on what you love and then giving support to the people who are doing other pieces of the work so that we can all kind of come together and do it together. Yeah, that's great. And it kind of goes back to our earlier point too about the fact that you can't be perfect at this. So just accept that. And I always tell people too, you are not going to shoulder the entire fashion industry's problems or the entire planet's problems on your shoulders. So do your part you know, feel good about what you're doing and also trust that other people will in turn learn and do their parts as well. And then collectively will have such a big impact. And um, I think for me too, it just brings me so much joy to see the amount of work that our clients do and just what the industry is doing as well. So there's both sides. There's everyday people doing their part, but also businesses shaping up now too. And government kind of hopefully <laughs> as well. Yeah. And so it's, it's this triangle, right? It's all of us working together, not just you as an individual so that gives me a bit of hope sometimes too absolutely and I love what you do because I do think that in at least you know in the media digital ecosystem of sustainability there is a phase right now where we're so focused on what fast fashion brands are doing right it's all the like angry let's hold them accountable and then you're there working with the brands that are actually making a difference that are actually like putting in the effort 
that we're asking fast fashion brands to to put in and I think like the fact that we don't talk about that enough sometimes like gets me really frustrated yeah I also hate Shein but like I'm like I'm not gonna repost this because their name is just plastered everywhere <laughs> for like 48 hours they don't need more hits like they don't you know like it's just it frustrates me because I'm like I want to hear and I want to see the brands that are doing it right I I want us to I want them to be so loud that it overpowers the ones that are doing it wrong and that's that's my frustration anyway with social media a huge rant on social media but that is what I try to do with style and sustain so it's a space that is I think a lot less angry maybe compared to other like uh, pro um, sustainability or sustainable fashion spaces, but I want to make sure that it's a space that's elevating the right voices and the voices that are making a difference versus, I don't know, Shein, which I'm so tired of hearing about. <laughs> no, me and you both. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I really resonate a lot with you. And I feel like we get along because our platforms is the exact same like I really want to empower people with information have them be intrinsically motivated so that they actually have that change versus you know telling them you know this is bad this is bad and then everyone just kind of gets depressed and you don't do anything I know everyone gets so sad literally and that's what's happening people are like well you know these giant brands they're too big for us they're overpowering and you know they're always going to be the ones leading the industry and I mean you said the key word there it's like to empower and to to like make people realize that they do have power and like their their money like you said in, in your the podcast like is their vote and you know that's where the power lies like don't forget and I remember this distinctively because when I worked in fashion I worked for a huge like British retailer and they had like a green day which is horrible it's like very basic <laughs> like the green day like eco day and so they had like some partners and people come in that they were trying to work with which is already progress you know I know I'm I'm saying that now but I'm I'm like it's positive that this day happened and maybe someone walked away with like um a a mindset shift but um we had a session that was all around the the market research team and they had been doing research around you know consumer mindsets today when it comes to sustainability and I was really moved by that moment because at one point they started talking about smaller brands that were that were doing sustainability um so they there was like bird song up there or like organic basics like all these tiny brands that honestly you compare to like H&M or whatever they're they're like this small but there here we were in like a room you know, within a fashion brand that's huge in the UK. And those brands were up on the screen. It's like, these are the people that are like creating the change. And this is kind of what we want to get to. And like, I remember walking away from that moment, like, wow, like they probably, these brand owners probably have no idea, but their names are being mentioned in this, in this like conference, in this room, but that's the difference that they're making. And I always keep that with me because I realized that like the smallest people are actually having such huge impact and they're, they're the reason why fast fashion brands are, are like, you know, they're trying to be, we all know it's greenwashing, but they're literally the reason why they, they're they feeling the need to even pretend to be green because they're like, oh no, these brands are coming up and they're doing it right. We need to also like at least try, but we all know that, you know, it's, it's not, they're not really trying, but I love that they're feeling forced to do that. I love that it's gone to a point where they're like, we have to do something. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of have this analogy where these brands have been in this ocean for a long time. They're big fish in this ocean. And now the water's turning up in the ocean from pressure from smaller brands. And they're like, oh, we have to figure something out. So yeah, I mean, to your point, I'm always optimistic. I'm always 
I'm I'm always of the mindset that if those big brands with such big production and such big impacts can actually just improve even by 25 to like 50%, that would even just have such a big impact. But of course, there's brands that are going to greenwash as well. So we just have to continue to hold brands like that accountable and just continue to demand that change. Yeah, exactly. Be the change also with where we're spending our money and yeah, making sure we're not feeding into their their system and yeah into into their their lies I guess when it comes to greenwashing so but yeah I'm like you I'm super optimistic that these little brands are having big impact yeah totally and so I really want to dive into something we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode so around the culture in Ghana and for me personally like I've seen photos and videos of just how much textile waste goes to the global south and it's been really heartbreaking to see and so can you share a little bit more about maybe what you've heard about what's going on in Ghana and also more about the culture so that the listeners in the community that maybe aren't familiar can learn about it and feel intrinsically motivated and empowered to do something yeah this is it's always really emotional for me to talk about this because like obviously it's it's my home and um I didn't know this for a long time in terms of the impact of like the global north clothes consumption and how it was affecting the global south basically but just to give some context at least from the UK to Ghana like let's let's go back to like also world history like just within for the UK and Ghana so Ghana was an ex-British colony and Ghana gained ind- independence I believe in 1957 please cut this out if it's wrong guys <laughs> But Ghana gained independence from the British. First country actually in Africa to gain independence, something I'm really proud of as well. But we're seeing a neocolonialism happen in other ways, right? So we're seeing like specifically in the fashion industry when there is overconsumption in the in the West, which is happening all the time. And most people will, for example, give their clothes away to a charity shop or really basically just throw it throw their clothes away if they're not really wearing it. Uh, but the illusion is that. People will give it to a charity shop thinking, okay, it's going to charity shop. It's going to keep circulating. I've worked in multiple charity shops as well. And what I learned is that most of the time they can't sell a lot of the clothes because people sometimes donate things that are of really poor quality. So what will happen in a charity shop is that they will pass it around to different stores like of the same charity shop branch and try to sell um, that item. But if it doesn't sell, then it's being shipped off somewhere. It's being thrown away. But really, it's being shipped off to the global south. So Ghana, the city of Accra, which is where I grew up, um, I think receives like 15 million tons of clothes from the UK every year, like huge, huge, huge amounts of clothes that are shipped into, into the capital. And then what happens um, on at a local level is that over the years, so there's been a loss in terms of the local textile industry. A lot of like local textile factories um, have, have shut down because people are shifting from the traditional wear to actually wearing a lot of secondhand clothes that come from the global north. I mean, also bearing in mind that most of these clothes end up in landfill because really it's really, really poor quality. So they end up in landfill. And I think during during COVID, um, a fire caught in Katamanto market, which is um, one of the biggest textile, secondhand textile markets in Accra. And it burned for ages because of all the textile waste that was that was there and um, obviously the local sellers and like retailers like it was a huge loss for them in terms of losing um, yeah some of their work or like just the space that they usually they usually work in. Um, I also like I go back to Ghana quite often so I, I worked and communicated with the Or Foundation 
which I would recommend if you're listening to definitely check out the Aura Foundation. So they're uh, basically a nonprofit that are US and, and Ghanaian, uh, but they're based there and they work with the people in the market, especially young women and girls who are caught up in this fashion system. And we often think of like, you know, we know that 80% of people who work in the fashion industry are women, but we often think of like garment workers, for example, but in the context of Accra, these young girls basically carry the huge bales of clothing that come into the city like they're teenagers or barely teenagers sometimes and they carry these huge bills of clothing they try to sell to 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 like make money for themselves but it's having actually a physical impact as in their their bodies and their growth is being impacted by the literal weight of the clothes that they're carrying on their head and that is just such a huge metaphor for the whole system right it's like what's happening in the global north is a is then and then ship down to like Ghana, for example, is literally a weight on that country. And it's actually a weight on women and girls more than anyone else. Because we know that's what happens at the end. Like women and girls kind of get the, 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 the shittier side of most situations. Anyway, I could go on for ages. But like, yeah, for example, like secondhand clothes in Ghana, it's called Obroniwawu, uh, which uh, translates to white, dead white man's clothes. So that's also really telling of like people think i don't think they do anymore people know more now but they're thinking these clothes are coming because someone can't wear them anymore or like someone's passed away and (laughs) they're not wearing their clothes right and so it's being shipped over so that someone else can wear them but we all know for a fact that that's not even the case anymore like people are just throwing clothes away because they're just throwing clothes away so yeah i think you know I don't want us to be super depressing, but I think what people can do is one, support organizations like the Or Foundation. They're doing incredible work in the city of Accra in terms of like empowering the retailers because, you know, this is not like a soft story. Like people in Ghana, Ghanaians are so creative and innovative. Like the stuff that comes in, the brands that have been created and the things that people make from it, amazing. <laughs> like really, it's so good. The upcycling is so good. So we are like a resilient people. This is not like, like there are people on the grounds also trying to find solutions um, when it comes to this. So, uh, or foundation, they're, like they're one of that kind of group of people finding solutions on the ground so really great to support them and then you know essentially when it comes to our clothes back to everything we've just been saying like be more mindful in your choice and if you do have to donate you know maybe start like asking friends or family around you if they want your clothes if they're still good quality and also if you can't even give it to a friend or family member it probably shouldn't go to a charity shop because that means it's really bad quality so like having that standard like even when you're giving clothes away and thinking someone has to be able to wear this (laughs) if not it's not gonna it's not gonna be sold and it is gonna end up in like a landfill all goes back to what we're saying which is taking care of your clothes you know so this is all very much um, interconnected and yeah, I think I think what's happening in the global south, more people should be aware of it. Yeah, just try to make better choices. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to share that. I know that there's so much going on and you did a very eloquent job in explaining all of it. Yeah, I, I always say too, like we need to take accountability and responsibility for our clothes because a lot of people just donate it, quote unquote, donate it to a charity shop or a thrift shop. And then they kind of just, you know, wipe their hands clean of it. But to your point, if it's not of good condition, that's probably going straight to our landfill and or the global south. And it's so unfair for them to have to deal with our shit. And so deal with your own stuff. So just some tips too like you can downcycle so if there's clothes with holes or whatever turn them into rags use it as pillow stuffing like you know 
you know, use it as a mop for your floor, whatever you need to do, but just don't, don't have it end up somewhere because you need to take responsibility and accountability for your items. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great point is just taking responsibility. And again, the idea of throwing away, like, you know, there's that famous quote around, like, it doesn't really go away. Like everything is, is on the earth and, you know, some things like polyester are still on the earth and will be for like 200 years, for example. So, um, yeah, keeping, keeping that in mind as well and, and cherishing our things. Like I'm optimistic that people are starting to understand yeah. And I agree with you. The Or Foundation is doing some amazing work. I'm actually trying to have Liz on the podcast. So if it works out from a timing perspective, everyone needs to go listen to that future episode because I know it's going to be amazing because she does some great work. Yeah. Yeah. She's really, yeah. They're, they're doing incredible work. Like if, yeah, if you can support financially as well, it, yeah, it will, it would make such a difference um, for them. But yeah, I can't wait to see what they keep doing. The last time I was in a crowd, they had like a, a no fast fashion lab, which was really great. And we got to like shred fast fashion clothes, which is so therapeutic. <laughs> yes. And then within that space, like just had an incredible, I mean, I posted about it, but we had just incredible conversation about like the state of the, the fashion industry. And, and, you know, because it's important to remember that culturally on the ground, like these conversations we're having, it doesn't resonate necessarily with, with a local Ghanaian who's been there um, their whole lives, right? They're like, honestly, like sustainability, even for me within my family, they're like, that's some white people stuff. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> because also it's funny because there's, there's so many ways in which our culture is already sustainable, but it's just that the West has put a word on it and now it, it's become a Western thing. But I'm like, no, 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 guys, we've always done this. It's just, you know, now there's like a global term for it. And yeah, people just don't don't understand the narrative necessarily or understand the impact that, you know, fashion is having on the country or like on the city. So they're doing such a great job of like bridging that gap and like actually having conversations with with um, the locals and saying like, this is what it means when you spend, you know, you're obviously spending money buying secondhand because that's what you can afford. But, you know, like this is what happens to the local textile industry and this is why designers are struggling. And that's also been really interesting to think about that cultural aspect of sustainability and how we talk about it because it's just, yeah, it's just mostly westernized right now. And um, we need to find new ways to have the conversation and also acknowledge that there are cultures outside of Western culture that have lived a certain way for a really long time that is sustainable and not excluding them from the conversation as well is really important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I want to be respectful of your time. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours on end, but to kind of close off, can you share with everyone what your socials are? How can everyone stay in touch and how can everyone support you? Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can find me at just www.styleandsustain.com, which is my website. And then my uh, socials are uh, style and dot sustain for like Instagram. I'm mostly just on Instagram and I have a website, but just in my link tree, you can um, have a listen to some of my panels that I've done. And then obviously there's the podcast, which also can easily be found within my link tree on Instagram. Um, and stay tuned. I have lots of projects and things coming up with Sound Sustain. I am transforming the page completely and I'm really excited to, to share early next year. So definitely stay tuned for that surprise. <laughs> 
Love it. Yeah, we'll have everything linked in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your journey. It was so amazing. And I know that everyone's going to get a lot out of it. Thank you so much for having me. And it's so good to chat to you again. And that concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, and tag us at Recloseted. Make sure you subscribe to our Recloseted Radio podcast on your preferred podcast platform so that new episodes are automatically downloaded and you don't miss any of our free resources. Lastly, don't forget to rate our podcast five stars and leave us a positive review. That really helps us and continues to allow us to provide this podcast for free. Together, let's write the harmful fashion industry.